0: of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, man, I gotta reduce my write-offs. I'm not sure how to do this. They keep climbing and maybe I should drop some PPOs. Well, today, we're going to show you how dropping PPOs isn't the only way to reduce your write-ups with our CEO, Dr. Barrett Straub, and we give you a step-by-step treatment plan. So don't miss this. Listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. We're back. I love this. Cheers. This is freaking hard work figuring out the lives of dentists. It is. So um, we're so excited you guys are here. If you're listening, welcome. If you're watching, welcome times two, because we're a Monday afternoon. One of the fun things I get to do with my partner here, our CEO, Dr. Barrett Straub, is we get to podcast with the help of Andy Conkle. And uh, we work hard. Like last week, we had the best practices seminar. In our office, we had teams from all over. You actually did a virtual, we had a, a masterclass, you did a virtual. And so Monday is our time to just kind of get organized. Um, we do our team meetings and then in the afternoon we crack a beer and do a podcast. You got it. And so if you guys are watching on video, you know, Barrett, Barrett is a DC on the disc profile. Nice. I'm an I, so I come equipped with nothing. Actually, except for plastic cups, <laughs> and he has like notes. And today, you're gonna love today's podcast. Today's podcast is about dropping PPOs, and why it isn't. Well, it's not about dropping PPOs. Right. It's dropping PPOs isn't the only way to reduce your write-offs. So that's our title today. Got it. And so I'm just gonna encourage you to sit, sit back, sit. um uh, Necessary. Grab, grab a beer if, if you want. You know, appropriate time of the day. If it is, yeah. We're hoping it is. And then uh, we're going to walk you through this. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time really taking a look at numbers, studying great dental practices. And today our goal is to bring it and uh, give you a strategy. Now, um, I want you to talk about why this is, a, is an important topic. Yeah, You don't have to drop PPOs. Let's yep. start with the why.
1: Right. So the why is that, you know, we, you've been hearing, if you've been listening to our podcast, we've been talking about our financial gaps and those four places where money leaves your practice between your gross production and the time you get to put money in the checking account. The first gap and the biggest one often is what we call the effort gap. And right. that's basically made up of your write-offs, Right, a big par- portion of that. And we've been talking a lot about with our clients and, and with other dentists is that Finding the participation in insurance that makes the most sense for you, and reducing that, and reducing your um, exposure to those insurances to find that write-off percentage that works the best for you. So we've been focusing a lot on PPOs, PPOs, and and being able to reduce that. However, we don't want to focus only to be on the only way to reduce your write-offs is to drop PPOs because it's not. There's some other uh, strategies that you can use, like starting tomorrow
0: that you can use to lower your write-off. 100%. And so we're going to go down that path today. And I'll just throw a couple of stats at you to get your attention here. So one of the things we do in the podcast, because I'm a CE junkie, is I like to learn. And so anytime we have a podcast, uh, an expert on the podcast who knows a lot about PPOs, what you need to know is they gather a lot of data. And so some of the data points to a couple of things that are important to know as a dentist. So according to a lot of the experts in the industry that deal with PPOs, the average write-off is approaching 45%. Yes. So that's important to know. And we're not going to be bashing PPOs, or maybe we will, um, but you need to know that. The other thing to understand is that fee-for-service practices are skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And COVID was the first, you know, first Point of contact for them to be able to do that. And according to a lot of experts, it was at 8% prior to COVID. And now post COVID for a lot of these different reasons, it's up into 18 and 19%. And then one last piece of data before we start digging into this, I always had the average overhead in dentistry at 71% according to dental economics. And now some people are saying it's as high as 74%. So those are things that you need to know. I would say start with the data first, right? You need to find out where you're at first. And now we can start to work backwards. But really the point number one is that dentists, no matter where you're at, they're working harder for less return. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred um, percent. We're in a,
1: we're in a economy of inflation. We're in an economy of low dental workforce demand. And so, and we're in an economy of decreased uh, reimbursement from insurance, right. higher um, costs of doing business. So our margins are getting tighter. Right. And that's just a reality. And it just doesn't mean that it can't be overcome. It just means we got to think smarter and track the numbers and make some smart decisions.
0: Right. And one of the hottest topics that we've had uh, recently, or this is probably the number one topic that comes up week after week we hear the words stress and burnout. Now, they're very real in the whole you know, economy or any job that you have, but dentists experience this at very high levels, as you can imagine, because decreasing returns would lead to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the quickest ways to burn out and stress is a feeling of lack of control over your practice. And we, we hear from dentists all every day in our coaching that say, I thought this would be different, number one. Number two, we see Dennis all the time say, I'm going to produce more, I need to produce more, only for the outcome of that added production to be the same reduced margin and even more burnout.
0: Right. Now go back to the control thing, because I just had like a visceral response. like. So what you're saying is dentists have, are, have control issues? We, we have a control issue. We have psychological right. problems around control.
1: All of us, myself, more than any dentist anywhere, That's, love to
0: control
1: everything about life.
0: And if you're an entrepreneur, you don't need to be a dentist to have control issues. I mean, I, I won't even let somebody else drive my car because <laughs> <laughs> I have to be in control. So when you feel a loss of control, it starts to eat away at your confidence. And the truth of it is, is that you just have to work harder and harder and harder for more and more and more.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. And, and l- let's lay this point out. Many dentists out there feel loss of control because they find, and they don't know why, but they find out that more production doesn't equal profitab- more profitability right. in every case. And so how could that possibly be? Right. I just worked my tail off to produce more. I still don't have more at the end of the day in the bank. What is going on? That loss of controls—that's a, a, a daunting topic to figure out, right? And we have it. You know, our gaps. Our gaps calculator is going to help with that. And this first gap is is write-offs, and write-offs are such a big part of this because as we increase our top line production, many times dentists are doing that via more insurance participation, right? More de- more patients coming through the door, and unless you're tracking your write-offs per insurance, per membership plan, per even your, your uh, cash patients, every segment in your patients, um, you don't have control over it. Once you have control and know the numbers, now you know what you can do in order to improve that profitability. And that's where stress and burnout decrease because you can say, I don't love the numbers I'm at, but I see a path. I have hope now. Right. And the more hope we have, the less stress and burnout we have. Right. And you don't can't have that hope as an entrepreneur unless you see the numbers and know the path forward.
0: Right. So three things I want to say before we start. <laughs> number one on what you just said is all change processes start with, number one, telling the truth. So no, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this as a dentist, you just got to know where you're at. Right, Most dentists don't know where they're at. Right. Number two, if you don't have any data, we're just talking. Do you know what I mean? Most dentists feel stressed. Yeah. They come to us and I ask them and they're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. You need to know the data. Data removes all emotions. And then the third thing before we get into this is who needs to lower the write-offs? Is it, and we need to put that ground rule. It's, yeah. it's both PPO and fee-for-service practices. This isn't just one or the other, yeah. right? Yeah, ab- Explain ab- that. Absolutely. So,
1: uh, it's easy to say if you participate in insurances, you're going to have bigger write-offs and fee for service. That's just fact, right. most of the time. And yeah, we th- we think all dental practices, whether you're group, big group, small group, solo, high insurance, or totally fee for service already, you need to track your write-offs. Right. I'm a, I've been a fee for service dentist. My write-offs historically. Have not always been perfect because you say, well, I'm a fee-for-service dentist, so I don't need to track that. And then you find out that you're giving away a lot more than you thought right. for free. And you're doing pro bono care and stuff on your patient, on your family during normal clinic, Which you should. You absolutely. You should do all that. Do as much pro bono as you can. Right. Um, but just track it and know it. And right. it's just one of the gaps. So our point is that this isn't just for high
0: insurance uh participation dennis this is for all of us right and let's just go there so if you decide to make the trek of being completely fee-for-service give me a reasonable ballpark well like what would you say is it ten percent you're always gonna have ten eight five percent write-offs i
1: I think you could i I think you could get and i don't have like studies to prove this but i think six to twelve percent you're gonna be in that fee-for-service and i think if you're fee-for-service and you're watching your Gaps and watching your write offs and, and and, budgeting for it and having a strategy, you should get under 10%.
0: Right, right. And that's where you can take this data and you can do a fee adjustment and go, listen, I'm doing free dentistry for the people I feel like we should do that for. Absolutely. And as a result, we can take a look at our economic model, mm-hmm. which might include family members, you know, my team, blah, 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 you know. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the dentists here in Milwaukee, I love it. Like they'll restore the priests and yeah, I've had people do the police officers and they're just like this is I want to do this.
1: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And and knowing your numbers allows you to do that.
0: 100% is fun. So, let's go into concept number yeah. 1. So, really the the number one concept in reducing your write-offs is team compensation percentage is too high. Now, that's your biggest expense in any yeah. business. Can you explain that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so,
1: if you look at your overhead and your team compensation percentage is North of 30% or even higher. Right. I want you to look at your write-offs. And if you think about it this way, we as dentists have to staff our businesses based on our gross production. Right. Okay. So let's back up. Gross production minus write-offs, net production. Right. Okay. We have to staff our practices based on our gross production. So let's say we do $2 million of dentistry due to our master fee, our gross production. We need to have the people to produce that. Right. But what if we're writing off 40% of that? Right. So now we're, you know, now we're, we're we're net production is just north of, you know, a million dollars. And let's say we're collecting not a hundred percent. So we see practice all the time, producing to collecting 1.1. Right. Okay. So now our team compensation percentage is just going to be too high because we're paying on 1.1, but we're producing two. So we have a $900,000 effort gap. Right. Okay. So it's just logistically going to be more difficult to get that team compensation into the ballpark of 25, 26, 27%. Right. Because we have to have enough people to produce that 2 million.
0: Yeah. So you're provoking a lot of thoughts here is that, and let's just go there. You probably have one or possibly two people at the front yep. that work for the insurance company, but yep. you pay their salary absolutely, and you have all of these challenges that happen as a result of that, and you just feel like you're throwing more and more and more at the top line. Now, one more thing: I don't care what software you have, whether it be Dentrix, EagleSoft, Open Dental, the gross production is like an easy number. Right, you can open it up, and there it is; yeah. it's right there. Yeah. But write-offs, I get it. I got to do a little digging, you know, net production doesn't really show up all that easily. I right. got to program my computer and I don't want to create any, you know, conspiracy <laughs> theories here. But the truth of it is, is that you can actually work less when you start to close this gap. Yeah. So, and let me just say this, I, I you know, I want to beat this. Most dental practices in the United States are going to have to be some form of hybrid practice. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, here's what the decision you need to make. You need to make what kind of life that you want to have. And then decide what dials do I play with? If I'm going to have PPO in there, I might do a fee for service, grow that side of it. You're, you know, the truth of it is most of them will have to have a hybrid. So please don't hear you got to be completely fee for service or you got to go the other direction. Our job is to give you some clarity. So you pick how you want to go to work.
1: Yeah. I mean, our, our motto is better life, better practice. That's about balance, right? right. So same with PPOs and fee for service. Find that balance that works for you, works for you in that your workday looks the way you want it. You go home feeling energized instead of exhausted. And at the end of the day, you have the profitability that you thought you were going to have.
0: Okay, so let's go to that real quick. And just unintended circumstances of this, when you have a high team compensation percentage, let's Mm say it's 33%, that means your overhead's pretty high too. Now. What Absolutely. that does is you have little or no margin. Let me explain. We live in Wisconsin. We're in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It snows a lot here. <laughs> it's sunny now, but right. there are days where you lose a couple days here and there. Yep. You have to have margin in a business or else you go crazy. Yeah. You know, your team doesn't come to you in a situation like this and say, Doc, we feel bad. Because the snow has taken three of our days this month. Don't pay us. Right. Your landlord doesn't come to you and going, you know, the snow is terrible. Let me mow your parking lot, but don't worry about the rent this month. So the point is, is that it has so many circumstances. In order to have a low, lower stress level, you need to have some margin in there. And so that's concept number one is, you know, we got to reduce write-offs so we can afford, you know, a reasonable team compensation. Let me say one more thing because like, I, I have a million <laughs> thoughts in my head and I'm Bring trying up. to stick to the plan. <laughs> you might have a practice that does 2 million yep. and writes off 40 some percent. Yep. And your payroll might be, I don't know, let's say it's $500,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Your dentist, your buddy next door, who doesn't have as many write-offs, has the same payroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's got fewer people and he pays them more. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he keeps more, you know, who knows? The point is, is this, is that you can actually pay people more. You could probably have a lower payroll. Your percentage, your team compensation percentage is not too high because you overpay people. Here's what I'm really trying to say. It's because your practice doesn't collect enough to be able to support the payroll. Does that make sense? That's you nailed it. You nailed it. So if you're a dentist sitting at home, listening,
1: and this is a little confusing i want you to remember this instead of saying i produce x right production is only a third of that first kpi that we all like to know we all like to go to you know study clubs and say i produce this i produce that really we should say i produce this i write off this and my net production is this right. unless we have those three numbers production tells me nothing about your practice right It tells me nothing. You could say I produced $2 million and unless I know your write-offs and your net production, I have no idea how healthy profitability-wise
0: your practice is.
1: Yeah. So if nothing else, know your production, your write-offs, and your net production because your net production is what you can actually collect.
0: 100%. So let's go into concept number two. Keep going. And remember, we've got tools. So if you go down to the notes, you're going to see we're going to put some tools in there. So concept number two is before adding capacity, maximize your output. So I want you to explain that. I love that one. Explain that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean so
1: think of output. Think of a widget manufacturer and they're open x amount of days, x amount of hours and they have x amount of people and they have x amount of widget manufacturing machines. If all of those things were um performing at maximum capacity, their output would be y. Right. We can produce x amount of, we can produce y widgets with this many hours, this many people. We have output too. So we have, you know, 5 chairs and we're open 4 days a week for instance and we have 31 hours of clinical you know available chair time and we have this many this many this many there's an output there right and most dentists are not maximizing your output it's it's hard to maximize it it's never you're probably never going to be 100% of your output you want to get closer but what we because we don't know our write offs on our net production because we just focus on production the assumption is well let's do more Right. Let's add a chair. Let's add a Friday. Let's add a hygienist. Let's add, 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 add. And we're going to say before you do any of that, before you add to your operational capacity... First, let's maximize your already offered capacity. So right. we have a bunch of tools and a bunch of concepts that go into that. Um, and so that's number one is
0: how do we, Kirk, how do we maximize our capacity? Right. And I love what you're saying. Again, this is going to be to our podcast. Um, maximizing your capacity is not adding ops. It's not No, no, no. adding no. ops is just adding ops. Maximizing capacity is making sure the three hygienists that I have or two right. are fully at 95%. Now, if you're listening at home, you don't want to be everyone's dentist. You just need a couple people. Right. And you're like, these are my jam. These are my people. And I want to make sure that my chairs are full. You don't want to expand mediocre. Let me explain. So I own a restaurant. <laughs> I've got yeah. 24 tables. Half of them are full. So I'm going to add another restaurant. Yeah. Or I'm going to buy this. I'm going to rent the space next to me. No, I want to make sure we are maxed out. Don't now we're going to... franchise. A poor model. Oh, I like that. Right? Don't and and really the truth of it is is there's so much sexy out there. Right. You know, there's a lot of courses about growing and scaling and adding and blah 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 blah. So it's always gonna be there. What we're encouraging you to do is make sure it's excellent and you got patient patient selection, you got the hours that you want, right? And then do it. And then number two. Wait, do you want to go in different, fill your chair? No, 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 Yes. Oh, yeah, look yeah, look yeah, at that. He's yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so darn organized. I'm telling you of, ad, of maximizing your output. Working with this guy is the best thing ever, because I don't even know what we did an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got them all organized, 2.1, 2.2. 2. Now, 2.1, if you're following along, fill yeah. your chair. Okay, so now we talked about um, capacity. So talk about filling your chair.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I,
0: so much of this, um, if
1: we just pause... And we think logically, right. So I need more money or I need to have more profitability or I feel like I need more production. Well, first let's look and see if our current chair is filled. Right. So let's track our hygiene chair. If that If that page, if that uh, hygienist sees patients for eight hours on a Tuesday, let's look back and say, of that eight hours, how many hours was a butt in the chair? Right. That's a percentage. It's retroactive. You have to go back and research that. And it doesn't take long. It takes a few seconds. Right. So we want hygiene chairs to be 90, 90, 95 doctors, chairs, 95 plus. Right. So let's make sure our chairs fill. Why would we invest in, in building out a new operatory? Okay. If the five we have aren't maximized, if right. we're only at 80, 85, we don't even need to build another operatory. Let's just right. fill the ones we have. That's right. a lot cheaper
0: and more profitable. Yeah. And we're weirdos about this, but if you're, if you're at 85% capacity or even 75%, I'm going to say this, those aren't even great patients in that chair. Right. You know, <laughs> I want you at 95 going, no, 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 we can't see you. For right. this amount of time. That's when you're creating value. Right. You you know, remember, this is the United States of America. You no one tells you what to do. The yeah. coolest thing about dentistry is you get to decide all this. Absolutely. Nobody decides this for you. Now talk about the schedule. Yes. So the schedule is important. So we're gonna we've got we to fill the chair. And then I, I love this one. This might be my favorite one of the whole yeah. podcast, but talk about the schedule. So Why is can, that important?
1: You can fill your chair and then we're gonna look at, well, what's your production per hour? Okay. Production per day, production per visit, the three key metrics of production. And you could say, well, even though we're at 95%, our production per hour, production per visit isn't as high as it should be. Let's schedule more efficiently. Right. Let's make sure, let's do a, a uh, schedule analysis to see how long it actually takes to do a two, two right. fillings, a crown, so that we're not scheduling extra time. Right. Um, Let's maximize the efficiency of that schedule. So let's fill the chair. Number one, two. Now, once it's filled, um, let's maximize the
0: output from that same eight hours. Amen, brother. And I would also say this. Don't subscribe to the general theory on schedule. Time is the new rich. Nothing makes me happier than when you can leave your office at three or four o'clock or whenever you decide to. And you can say, I'm going to a baseball game. You know, we're shooting this podcast at three o'clock. We're going to finish at four ish. Mm-hmm. I get to go to a baseball game. It mm-hmm. starts at five. Yeah. I get to be there at 30. That's when you start to say life is great. Don't tell yourself that your patients have to come in the evenings. This is where you start to put this in play. You can see all these factors add up to a better practice. So when you get your schedule right, what Barrett said is absolutely true. But make sure it's a reflection of how you want to spend your energy every day. If you want to do seven to three without lunch, great. You want to do eight to four. You want to do eight to five. It doesn't matter. Like, I want you to leave your office and go, I love my hours. And I'll just say this because I don't care anymore. Like seeing a patient in an evening, that's a terrible reason to see a patient. And please hear this with loving ears. If you're seeing patients in the evening, it means that you're not creating any value. People are coming to you because you're cheap and you're easy to get to, and you give up your life to serve people that don't care. And what happens is they leave you for somebody that's cheaper and easier to get to. So what we want you to do is I want people to come to you because of you. I want them to rearrange their life to come to you in the hours that you work. And that means you create value. So make sure you get your schedule right on those things. Now, when you get your schedule right, your hours, you got the right mix of service. You want to do more each day. Yeah, and this kind of ties in with the schedule, right? Let let you know it.
1: Doing four resins in one visit takes a lot less time, energy, costs, manpower than it does in two visits. So, I mean, that's a simple example. But let's maximize our time. Let's do quadrant dentistry. Let's 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 build enough value so the patient's like, yeah, I'm in. Let's get this done
0: instead of tooth by tooth by tooth. Let me just go there. Why would I not do four resins? in one appointment. Why wouldn't I do that? I, pff, I, I, okay, I, so I, I, I really scheduled you. all four of these. Right. We're going to do one every two weeks. Right. Cost
1: value. Um, yeah, there's there's no good reason unless you've, unless you haven't built the value to the right. patient, like let's do this. Um,
0: yeah. And I, it's, it's, it goes back to like, listen, we got to believe in what we're doing and we got to have yeah. a team that's around us. I had a front desk team member. She was awesome. She's like, she told the doctor this, look, we're not numbing them out four times. Come on. Yeah. Why did you separate these appointments into four separate appointments? That's not the best care. And he goes, I know, I know, <laughs> but she can't afford it. And, and the team member goes, stop that. She walked up to the front and said, listen, let's numb you up once. We're going to do this in one appointment. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. And the patient said, great. Yeah. And the doctor was like, what? So sometimes we just got to get a group of people around and us believing in what we're trying to do. You'll be amazed, you guys, how much your team will help you once Absolutely. they understand this. So 100%. do more each visit. And really this isn't about like getting as much money from patients as possible. Please don't hear that yeah. doing more visit, do more, doing more each visit is, is really just about doing better dentistry yeah. while they're here. And, and you're,
1: you're able to do more in eight hours, more production in eight hours doing, uh, seeing less patients, you know, right. it's, it's, it's a uh, high quality, but low quantity. Like you want to only see as few, as few patients as you need to, to produce the amount. So, right. Um, let, next, let's go to raise fees. Yeah. And maybe not even raise fees, but um, analyze fees. So let me lay it out and then have you comment
0: on what Dennis should do with fees. So, we, <laughs> you see how this podcast has changed. It's like, let's stick to the schedule. This is going to be an hour and a half. <laughs> I love this stuff. I could, no, You guys, I me love too. this stuff. Okay, keep going. So we're, 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 in a, we're in a time
1: of, like we said, we're in a time of infl- inflation. We're in t- a time of decreasing insurance reimbursement. We're in a time of increasing costs. Right. And so our margins, our profitability are getting tighter and tighter and tighter. We can, we can decrease our write-off. If our fees are aligned, right. if we raise our fees to where they should be. So we're not going to say just randomly raise fees. Right. But what do, coach, um, what do you coach dentists to do with their fees? And how should, how should the dentist sitting there listening think about their fees and what Jay should do next week?
0: Okay. So the first thing is your fees are your fees. Don't compare what somebody else does. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already in the top 80%. Most dentists don't really listen to podcasts. They're just looking as a means to an end. Uh, that's my first thought. My second thought is you got to know where you are overall. So, we yep. are providers of the NDAS. Yep. If you want it, just reach out to us, dental.com. We'll run a fee. You can just see where you are. But yep. I'll tell you here's why both of those are important. You have to have a master fee schedule, and people don't pay for the tooth. They pay for your time, Mm -hmm. your skill, your judgment, your expertise. Please hear that. Secondly, most great dentists that we get to see, they're not even close to the top. So we'll go into their practice and they're in the 40th percentile. I'm like, you've been to Panky and Dawson and you're in the 40th percentile. And they are amazing human beings. But they're like, you don't understand. I practice outside of Madison. People don't have money here. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop. Your fee is important. You have to make sure it's right where it needs to be so that you can afford to pay your team, have some margin. And sometimes dentists can't do that on their own. They need some help. They need somebody saying, you just need to raise your fees. And what you said is exactly right. We're going to do this later because that doesn't fix anything just by raising your fees at the beginning. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, totally, totally.
1: And you know, if you're providing 90% percentile dentistry, then you got to charge 90% The percentile dentistry, um, and if you're, you know, you you, you talked about it. You know, most people are at eighty percent. Maybe listening. So, but what's going to happen is they're not, right? And, and and they think they are, right? And and I was the same way. But when you when you look and find out the data, then it's like, oh, okay. So if you if you are dentist listening and you haven't raised your fees in a couple of years, right? It's time, and, Be- because everyone else has in the world. Accept you. Okay, so not even Dennis, I'm talking about your your suppliers, your resin manufacturers, the right. bottled water you buy, the electricity, the utilities. Everyone has raised the dollars less you have to raise. I'm not saying we're not saying gouge people. Right. We're saying make incremental um, fee increases in the fees that are not meeting the level of dentistry that you're providing.
0: Okay. Let me speak to the dentist you just spoke to who's listening to this. I got your back. Cause if you're a wuss like me, you want to give everything away. I would literally give everything away all the time. Yeah. And what you have to do is you got to have a group of people around you, a consultant, an accountant, somebody who's like, listen, listen, we're not giving everything away because right. this is beautiful dentistry. So most dentists go into dentistry not for money because they feel like they can care for people. They want to do this for the right reason. So your brain naturally isn't built to gouge people. And that's not what we're saying. You need a group of people or support network to say, hey, listen, we got to charge more for what we're doing because what you're doing is exceptional. Yeah. It's it's outside of. that." So here's my here's my here's my final wrap up on that. I would say annually do a fee analysis. Mm-hmm. And we're just looking at data and have somebody other than yourself and your office manager looking at it. Mm -hmm. An outside source that says, hey, listen, your fees got to go up. Like, look at what you guys are doing. Yep. So that's important. Now we're going to move on to concepts, concept number three, which is, you know, inside um, and outside of insurance and why we have to think, you know, you got to think of like Inside and outside of insurance. Like, explain that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, every dentist, um, let's say the dentist has some PPO participation, they are a contracted provider for three dental insurance companies. Right. Those are three segments. Right. So insurance company number one, that's a patient segment. Two, three. Maybe they have a membership plan. That's a fourth patient segment. Every dentist has a patient segment of patients that pay 100 percent of their fee. So that is cash paying patients. Uninsured. Uninsured. Or a patient that's insured with a with a PPO that you're not a contracted provider. You get 100 percent of your fee. Right. We want to maximize those that segment of your population. Right. We want to
0: see more of those people. Right. So another question, I didn't share this with you. Uh, last week when I was talking to Shelley DeGraff, she said that when people participate, the average number of participations is anywhere between 10 and 15. So you're talking 12 to 17 segments that wouldn't include membership and uninsured. So here's mm-hmm. the point. We have a scorecard where you can take each segment, Uninsured membership, PPO number one, PPO number two, PPO number 10, PPO number 11. And you can take a look at it over a quarterly basis and say, is this serving our practice? And you're going to find some of them, you're not making a penny. We had somebody sitting in this room not too long ago said, we were writing off more than we were collecting. Mm -hmm. Like it makes no sense to participate.
1: Right. So there, there are dentists out there listening right now that, um, are participating in plans that have uh, write-offs as high as 50, 60%. And two weeks from now, they have new patient blocks that are already booked with someone that they're barely going to make any money because they have to write it off for 60%. And tomorrow, there's going to be a cash-paying patient that says, I heard about you, I want to get in. And what are they going to hear?
0: can't get you in for three four or five six weeks
1: I, yeah or more i'll see you in september right okay so a cash paying patient or an uninsured they are a true consumer right there's no reason for them to go to any dentist because that dentist no dentist is on his list there's right. no list so it is about like your brand your differentiation proposition your reputation, how much do they value? So if you tell them, if they call you like, I am motivated, I heard about you, I want to come and you say, I'll see you in September. They're like, I'm finding someone else. Right. So we have to just be knowledgeable of that. And I think it's very fair and ethical to manage your schedule, to leave some spots open for different segments of patients.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's piggyback on that because the downside of not doing this is that if I sign up for 10 PPOs, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. Your phone's going to ring like crazy. Now you're a dentist who needs the money. So your team members are terrified because they know your head's going to spin around and green puke's going to come out if the chair's not full. And so if I'm working the front desk, I'm just going to try to fill that chair. The phone's ringing. It's easy. I'm putting it in there. And what you have to do is you've got to step it up a little bit and just say, listen, let's, let's, let's organize our time a little bit better. And what we want to do is be able to do exactly what you said. Now, the question comes up in all, you know, all arenas, you can't treat people differently just because they have a certain insurance. Doesn't mean we treat them any, you know, more poorly or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat everyone with respect. But the important piece to remember is there's no law, not one in the United States that tells me how to organize my time. Yeah. You can organize your time however you want you can certainly treat everybody with the same respect but what you can do intentionally and if you listen to any other podcast other than this one most every podcaster will say in dentistry you just organize your time and you're going to here's the bottom line you're building a patient base with the type of patient that you want to grow your practice with that's all you're doing Mm -hmm. you're not treating other people poorly you're not kicking other people off you're like all you have to say is this is how i want to organize my time And your team has got to be on board with that and your write-offs will drop. Right, It's awesome. Now I want you to talk about this one. This is my, this is one of my favorite things you've ever said. I got a list of like 200 of them, but one of the things you said is like, it's not about PPO. Stop, 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 stop. It is about the number of patients that pay you 100% of your fee. Like don't get into this whole thing about how bad insurances are and what they reimburse and what they're suggesting the end of the day, how many of your patients pay your full fee? What it tell us about that. It's just a way of looking at participation. It's
1: a way of looking at what is fee for service versus PPO and and fee for, fee for service dentists basically get a hundred percent of their fee from all their patients. Now many of those patients pay via a PPO plan that allows you to see non, you know, listed dentists. Um, But the more, Patients that pay you hundred percent of your fee, the less write-offs you have, right? The uh, more net production you'll have without having to increase your gross production, right? Okay. Every time you shrink that write-off gap, what happens? You get to make more money without doing more dentistry. Right. We, last week, uh, we had our clients here for to the top study club, and one of our clients who's done an awesome job with the gaps, kind of shared what they're experiencing and they've been working on the gaps and tweaking those a little percentage at a time. And, and the, the outcome is like, they're like, we're working a couple weeks less a year and right. making way more. Yeah, We call it the Valhalla of dentistry. I love it. <laughs> right. It's like work less, make more. That's, yeah. and, and they were, and, and it's not about making more, but they basically said we're enjoying life more. And that's, yeah. that may, that's what art makes our hearts in. That's what we want.
0: Those are my favorite stories. I don't care about the money. Nothing makes me happier. And if we're talking about the same dentist, because we get a lot of these. Right. It's a female dentist. You know who you are because you you said it. She was in a room of, you know, all these dentists. She says, listen, when I started this whole thing, I was on a lot of PPOs. And it's not about PPO or no PPO. But what I did was I figured out what I needed. And I'm like, I'm just going to go down to three days a week. And the phone doesn't stop ringing. She's got so much more time. Yeah. She makes more money. And she's having the time of her life and her kids are a little bit older. Those are her favorite stories. At the end of the day, you guys, you get to control all of this, all of it. You get to try. So don't think for a second, somebody else controls your life. You control it. You just need to know these numbers and be able to make these adjustments and have the know-how. Now we're giving it Uh, you know, a step-by-step treatment plan today. Mm -hmm. But I want you to talk about this one, 3.2, which are skills. We're going to add some skills outside of insurance. We're going to do a little bit more than usual and customary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So even if if you're a high participation PPO doctor, there are codes and services that live outside of insurance. Either they're not covered at all, um, so non-covered services is one. So if insurance doesn't cover it, you can get 100% of your fee. Right. You just have to know what those are. I would even say, and I'm not even going to say search out for codes that aren't covered. Look for dentistry that you're good at, that makes you happy, that you can provide value. So a lot of our, a lot of our clients will do sedation or right. implants or um, orthodontics, Invisalign, things like that, that live outside of insurance altogether. 100%. And, and the more of that you do, it just, it, again, balance. It offsets some of that write-off amount and makes it a little easier.
0: Yeah. So I'm not one to throw numbers around, but you know who you are. We have a, de- a young dentist in our community, to your point. Mm-hmm. He, put, he picked a passion. So his passion is helping children breathe. And he was a young restorative dentist. His dad works in the same practice. He's like, it's crazy. Like, he loves airway. He loves helping these kids breathe. There are weeks, Kirk, he doesn't pick up a handpiece. Mm-hmm. And he'll do 200000 in a month. And wow. people are f- sending, f- you know, other mothers are coming, like, you helped my friend. And so it doesn't have to be airway. But your point is, right. pick a passion. And when you move into your passion, most likely it's going to fall outside the realm of insurance. And now game on. you got to learn how to create value for people because people come to see, and it goes, we're we're tying all this together. People are now coming to see you because of you. Anybody who listens to this podcast, I have one wish for you. That you enjoy going to work. And number two is people come to you because of you. Not because you're on a list, not because you're cheap, not because you're easy, because they look at you and go, you're my person. In a world that's crazy and there's so many providers, I trust you. You're my person to do this. Don't you agree? I, I, that's
1: beautiful. I think that's perfect. That might be the ultimate litmus test for should I go down the path of less PPO? If you look in the mirror and say, yeah. Yeah. A lot right. of my patients, most of my patients really like me and our team and our right. culture. Then you're primed for this. Right. If you look in the mirror and that's a humble moment, if you're like, ah, I don't, I can't say that. Right. I think most are probably coming because I'm on the list. Okay. Then acknowledge it and, and skill up skill and work up, work on this stuff. And within a couple of years, you can say, you can look at back in that mirror and say, yeah. I've changed and I'm adding more value. I've differentiated myself and now I'm primed to go down the reduction of the PPO.
0: I love that. So if you're 32 listening and you don't think your dentistry is all that valuable, think about this. You got three decades. Yeah. What if every year it gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. By the time you're 42, you're like, whoa, I'm at 50% PPO. And then later in your career, you're at 25% PPO, whatever it is, you're making progress. Your life gets better. You've now watched your kids grow up and you can say to anybody who says, should I go into dentistry? You go, absolutely. It's the greatest profession ever. You just, you make the rules. Right. So let's talk about this one. Yeah. You know, close it out with habits. We're giving you, yeah. Now, if you go back, if you're not taking notes, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. Check the notes, but we're going to give you a bonus round here to reduce your write-offs. And it's new habits. Explain yeah. that. So we've given strategies,
1: we've given tools, um, and there, we have two like intangible things. And right. one, one's more tangible. I'll say that the first one I'm going to say is present treatment plans outside of the dental chair. Okay. Explain that. I, I, I think the number one thing any dentist can invest any money on, the biggest ROI, the biggest thing you can do is a consultation. room.
0: Ding, 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 ding.
1: For, forget equipment, forget technology, forget Damn. lasers, forget CBCT. A consultation room will return more money than all of those combined. 100%. And, and so your treatment acceptance will go up. Your acceptance of quadrant dentistry or comprehensive dentistry will go up as long as it's outside of a dental chair. So, we have got to get this patient's mindset to separate from this very vulnerable position. I'm in the dental chair, I'm a patient, I'm feeling defensive, I have some fear. And we have to switch this mindset to let's go to somewhere else, let's sit eye to eye, knee to knee, and let me build value. Let me educate. Let me find out what you're thinking. And I guarantee treatment acceptance goes up. The amount that you can schedule per um, appointment goes up. Collection rate goes up. Everything goes up.
0: Right. It's so funny you say that because I was just in a 6,000 square foot office. It's gorgeous. Amazingly high producer. They didn't have three CBCTs. They had three what? consultation rooms and they were gorgeous absolutely they were intimate they were private my first thought was wow this is a huge practice it's beautiful and the first thing i noticed they had three console rooms i'm like wow these people know what they're doing now i'm not suggesting you build something like that but i we get these these floor plans all the time and that's my first question this is a gorgeous facility 18 operatories where's the console room and they go what yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, even if it's a four operator, you know, facility, you got to have a console room.
1: I had one uh, colleague of mine who was building a new office and they said, we have this, we have this space and it's either going to be a console room or a closet. <laughs> <So what laughs> you wait a minute, you? wait oh, a minute. That's not even a question. It's oh got to be a consultation room. And, and, and so consultation rooms are best... If you're looking for a way to differentiate yourself, you're a young dentist, old dentist, medium dentist, and you're like, I just don't feel like I'm differentiated. Patients, patients never realize or experience doctors that give them time. Right. I can't tell you how many times I did a new patient interview in the consult room or a treatment presentation after, you know, a week after the new patient exam in the consult room. And 80% of the time I say, I would hear like, that was amazing. Thanks for your time. Like they just felt like I was over giving of time and all I was doing was presenting what I normally would have in a different room.
0: 100%. Now, one more thing on habits. I'll say this and then I want you to bring it home is is if you're doing a lot of write-offs, I'll just give you the straight you know, to the point thing, your practice depends on you. There isn't a single dental practice in the United States that got better. A leader got better. Mm -hmm. Somebody learned a little bit more, They understood more our best practices that we have to sit in this room. They're young, mature, you know, later in life dentists who really. Worked hard in the leadership thing. Do they have to be dynamic? No, but they got better. Mm-hmm. And as a result, everybody else got better. Don't wish your team gets better. Don't wish insurance gets better. Don't worry. Don't wish the economy gets better. Right. You get better. And with that, you bring a team of people and patients with you. And we have something called the Practice Health Score. Now, I'll tell you why this means so much to me. We created this. You can actually figure out what kind of a leader you are. If you take this really well and you ask your team to be honest, they will tell you, mm-hmm. and we do this every quarter. Yep. And so we, uh, out of a possible with 10, our own team, we've yeah. never yeah. even scored a 10, no. but the lowest points of Act Dental's history were when the practice health score was its lowest. Right. We've had three consecutive quarters at 8.1. And my only thought, because you're now leading with me is like, how do we get from 8.1 to 8.2 right. to 8.3? And they tell you, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And if you ask for feedback and they feel
1: safe telling you, then they're going to give you very constructive feedback. Right. And this is why we rated that a seven or this is why we rated that an eight or a four. Right. And the number itself isn't um, too concerning. It's what do I need to do to get it higher? Right. And so taking a four to a six is amazing. Right. You don't worry that it's not an eight. We'll get it to an eight. Right, But you, were, you,
0: you celebrate that we took it from a four to a six. Right. Now, here's what the Practice Health Score tells you. And you can download a free copy of it. Yep. Pass it out to all your team members. It tells you how healthy your business is. And I'll say this. Nothing, and I mean nothing, trumps a healthy organization. Nothing. No amount of money. When you have a healthy organization, you make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you have low stress. I'll take healthy over fancy or smart any day, every day, every day. Yeah, I like who I am when you have a healthy group of people. Yeah, agree or disagree? One hundred percent. Yeah. So bring us home on this. Any last thoughts you have on how we can reduce our overhead, our, or I'm sorry, reduce our write offs? Gosh, right, write offs. Oh, well, <laughs> well, overhead. That's for that's couple, part. That's for a whole other one. now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would say this. Dentistry is amazing. And the reason it's amazing, one of the reasons it's amazing is we can design our practice in a multitude of different ways. There's not just one way to do it. The gaps that we've been promoting will show you how you can do it for your practice. Right. And you don't need to be 8% write-offs if that's right. not you. But maybe 25 is you and you're currently at 40 in, right. the, the difference between 40 and 20 is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes. And just imagine, not that you would pocket that all, but just imagine what would be beneficial for your life. Imagine the value you could provide to your, your patients. Imagine in pro bono care, imagine the value you could provide to your team with that extra profitability or time, time is the new rich. And so we're not going to always say that you have to drop PPOs. We're all, we're going to say is here's a framework. Yeah. Pull your numbers. And design your practice so that it serves your life, not the other way around.
0: Yeah. And I'll I'll bring this home on one last thought because I think we should always point this out. I'm 53. How old are you again? 46. 46. So we're both in the same ballpark. Yeah. We're on the back nine.
1: Well, me more than you. I'm on like whole eight. I'm like putting on eight green. You're teeing off on 12.
0: (laughs) I'm definitely a 12 or 13. I'm hoping, you know, or actually, I'm hoping 12. I mean, every day, every day. Every single day counts. So you might be thinking, well, no, I'll just work harder. No, no, no. Days matter for me. Hours matter for me. I won't waste a day or an hour for anybody. I want as much time as possible Amen. so the money is one benefit yeah. but the real benefit is when you get time back it's awesome and our goal here with this podcast is to help you i want you to enjoy going to work so i don't care how you're listening to this podcast in your car on your bike um walking here's what i want you to do i want you to go down to the show notes we've put a bunch of tools down there you can actually download the tools for free fill them out if you don't understand them Call us, email us. We will help you every step of the way. Because there's nothing better than getting the stories. We love the stories. You got it. So awesome. Good work today, buddy. Thank you. It's Monday. It's a great Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to head to a baseball game, but yeah. hey, let's wrap I'm this. A lacrosse game. Oh, you the are. Same, what time's yeah. same? Five o'clock lacrosse. Yeah, game? it's six. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous day. Absolutely gorgeous day. We're going to use it. Andy, what are you doing after this? Uh, it's it's Monday. Half price at a brewery. So. <laughs> Live, I don't have. We live in Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't have children. <laughs> Andy, any last thoughts you have before we round out here? To uh, I,
1: as always, I'm just happy to be a part of this, and yeah. uh, listening to you guys is is inspirational. Yeah.
0: So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed today. If you did, please do us a favor: hit the share button, share this with your friends, because we love this whole thing. Um, we're gonna keep bringing it so you guys can create a better practice and a better life. So, until you hear from us next time or you see us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practice show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.